SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? It's Therese Paler, Chiefs B-Rider for the Kansas City Star, and you're listening to another edition of Chiefs Game Plan. We have got the Kansas City Chiefs 6-3, fresh off the bye, getting ready to face the hapless, hopeless 1-8 New York Giants. And we've got a great podcast for you today, even though we don't know if this game's going to be good. Uh, really good podcast. Uh, we check in with uh, a really good beat writer for ESPN.com, covers the Giants, brings a lot of New York swag. It's Jordan Renan. Um, dude's a good dude, strong reporter, um, does not hold back on his criticism of the Giants, so you guys will want to check that out. And then we've wrapped this thing up with another 18 round table. We went a long time on this one, man. We went like 40 minutes. We were really giving the people what they want. So hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, you know, we talked about all kinds of things throughout this podcast. We talked about the Giants' issues in particular, what's going on with their offense. You know, it sounds like the players have quit on their coach. Jordan dives into that. You know, defensively, you know, they're not doing much right. They're blowing coverages. They're not running to the ball. Jordan gets into all that. And then, you know, the A team, we make predictions on how much the Chiefs are going to win by. <laughs> I know you think we're jinxing them, but trust me, this is the kind of game that Andy Andy Reid just crushes people with. Um, you know, we uh, we also dive into the characters of the A team a little bit, NBA 2K style. Um, and for those not familiar, NBA 2K is a video game, and uh, all players in the league have like a personality, one of four personality traits, which is expressive, unpredictable, laid back, or neutral. And the game's pretty realistic because, like, just like in real life, you need players to kind of have all. You need to have a team with all types of all types of personalities. It affects like the way the team meshes. You just can't have a whole team full of laid back guys and expect to be good. So uh, we thought that'd be a fun way to kind of get to the point that, you know, we have a bunch of personalities on the A team, but it it really works out well. So we thought that was funny and that worked out. Uh, We also went through our mid-season preview. I hope you guys read that in Sunday Star. You can check it out online. We handed out midseason awards to the players, um, you know, player of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, um, all kinds of stuff. I thought it was a really good conversation with me, Blair, David, and Sam. So check it out. Let's go ahead and get this thing rolling. Let's talk to Jordan Renan from ESPN.com. Here we go. Okay, I'm pleased to welcome on the podcast one of the best B writers in America in one of the biggest markets in America, Jordan Renan from ESPN.com. Jordan, man, how you doing, man? I, I need you to, like, introduce me to places now everywhere I go. Can we, you can like we do that? that? You yeah, like you that? Can be, like, my sidekick? <laughs> I mean, can you, come, can you come to contract negotiations with me? Fine, if you do the same <laughs> for me, I can use some of that yeah. New York swagger you, when my next... You got it. All right, we can, Ter- we can Therese. be... Therese, we... number two, you know, beat writer behind <laughs> me, but, you know. <laughs> And that's right, and when I have my negotiations here, you can come be my sidekick and start talking that trash. I need that, man. <laughs> I can you use got that. it, man. All right, I appreciate that. Um, but no, I'm serious, man. You, you're great at what you do, and can't, appreciate I it. Kinda, Thank you very much. I, I can't believe what's happening with the Giants, man. One and eight. You turn on the tape. It, the tape is ugly. You know? It's brutal. Uh, brutal. What What is the biggest reason, in your opinion, that this team has gotten off to this start, man? Like, what wow. what, what is the yeah, biggest I mean, sole reason? Well, it started with the offense just being a disaster, and it, that actually traces back to the preseason because when you think about it, they never really had a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. Right, and he kind of hit, and he kind of he got hurt in the preseason. He played, you know, he missed the opener, was really limited in week two, played full games in weeks three and four, where the Giants actually lost. So, the two, you know, the two closest games that they lost, as they basically lost at the buzzer, and in week five. He gets injured in the fourth quarter. They're leading at the time, and they lose that game. So their offense has never really got going. I mean, they're averaging 16.7 points per game. It's hard to win in the NFL if you're averaging less than 17 points a game. So now they're really limited on offense. And as the offense started to, you know, go down the tube, now the defense has followed suit and is just a total disaster. Maybe even the worst of the two units now after having basically – 
I don't know, thrown in the towel in a way the last two weeks. They've got 82 points to the Rams and the 49ers. 82 points. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad right now. Really, they've been bad offensive, defensively, and special teams, and that's how you end up 1-8 in this league. Yeah, and I will tell you, you turn on the tape, man, there's times guys aren't running to the ball, man. And that, that, that typically means that players don't believe in the head coach anymore. But, I, I mean, you're the one that watches these yep. guys. I mean, do you see some of that? Is that part of the deal here or no? Absolutely. I mean, Janaris Jenkins in particular, he's the guy. I mean, they all saw it. I mean, I was just in the locker room right now. And guys know, like, he, it just wasn't, he wasn't all in in that game. And you've seen that from guys sporadically now for weeks. Guys just aren't all in into what, you know, the coach is selling and what the program is here and with everything spiraling out of control. And the defensive effort has just been brutal. Uh, Their breakdowns left and right. They don't seem to know what they're supposed to be doing on the field. They're running around. They're not set up. I mean, it's going to be hard for them to handle the Chiefs' offense. I mean, out of all teams, the Chiefs run a pretty complicated offense. They run a lot of, you know, gimmicky stuff. Gimmicky might not even be the right word. But, you know, innovative stuff. You know, they bring new stuff to the table every time they get out on the field, basically. And it's a little different than what a lot of the other offenses are around the league. And the Giants' basic problem has been breakdowns. I mean, they just guys don't know their assignments consistently, which is really an indictment on the coaching staff, uh, especially the defensive side. You don't know your assignments. There's guys running wide open down the field. I mean, like wide open being that nobody is within eight yards of them. That's the way. There's been there's been like I, you could probably count a dozen plays in the last two weeks where there's been receivers without a defender within five yards of them. So uh, the, the, the Chiefs should really have their way with that on Sunday yeah. and be able to you know create matchups that just really favor them and have guys running around the field open. I mean, Travis Kelsey, think about the Giants' struggles with tight ends. You know, they've given up a touchdown in an, to a tight end in an NFL record. Ten straight games. <laughs> right? I mean, and, we're, and, we're talking, and we're talking about guys like Garrett Selleck and Eric Ebron, who basically yeah. hasn't done anything in his NFL career, and then he comes in against the Giants, and Eric Ebron has a great game. I mean, any tight end can have a big game against his defense right now. So, I mean, and now you're bringing in the, maybe the best receiving tight end in the league. Talk about problematic for the Giants. He is... I, I just I, if he doesn't score a touchdown, we'll all be shocked. I'll tell you that much. Oh my God! Okay, so no shortage of, of things going on with this team. <laughs> That's a disaster. I mean, let me tell you one thing: you're not going to do yourself any favors as a head coach in this league when you don't give players the day off, even with the bye. Uh, players want their day off, man. Like you can't go taking <laughs> their days off from them. You know, McAdoo's got a long way to go to kind of earn that team back if he can ever if if he can even do it in my opinion. Yeah, well part of the problem was that some of the guys didn't show up on the day after their day off. <laughs> I mean they had they had three guys that didn't make it to practice the day after the bye. This is outright and, insubordination. And, and one of them yeah one of them just didn't even call the team. He was just like ah, I'll eat the fine I'll show up to, I'll show up for the next day. And then he you know he came in that's George Jenkins. And he got suspended for it because and he, and and then afterwards, you know, he took he's like at a press conference and and they're like, you know, what happened? And he his answer was, I just didn't show up. Oh well, good. That's that's it's, you know, and then followed by that silence, and you're like, yeah, real? okay, really? <laughs> no, I mean that's that's what, how much of that has to do with him not believing in the coaching staff, or just because of the season already being lost? I think it's both. I mean. Yeah. You know, there's been instances in the past where he kind of did some, you know, he kind of either left early or, or came back late. And, you know, I think he I, my, and I think he just got a fine. So then he comes back this time. He's like, hey, you know what? I'll just eat the fine. No big deal. So you set the precedent. It wasn't, wasn't set the first time. And then you're, you know, guys, when you do that, guys are willing to stretch it, right? The next time they take it a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further until they finally cross the line. And I think that's sort of what's happened here and now we're just uh you need two players are suspended in a three-week span which is just you know unheard of in an nfl season for violation of team rules that's like a college thing right yeah how how come you never heard about stuff like this happening under under tom tom coughlin tom was good at keeping this kind of stuff behind closed doors he definitely did have his problems though i mean he he had 
multiple things with classical verse going on over the years. Uh, you know, he even got suspended at one point, I believe. So, you know, but Tom, Tom was in a, you know, he was guys were scared of Tom in a way, you know, like he was, he was that guy. He was going to come down on you hard. And I don't think that Ben has developed that kind of reputation or, or standing with the guys. I mean, they're not, they're not concerned about Ben McAdoo coming hard on them. Maybe they are now after he suspended two guys, but, uh, it took to that point maybe to get there, which is uh, which is troubling because it might be too late. Yeah. I was looking at the Giants offense, 28th in scoring, <laughs> 25th in total yards, 25th in rushing. Uh, There's not much good. I mean, their no. defense is the same thing. Defense numbers like 30, 31, 30, <laughs> 32. So on offense, when the Giants have struggled on offense, what are defenses doing to them? Well, for a little while there, the Giants were, weren't able to run the ball. They kind of altered their offensive line a little bit. They brought in a guy that Chiefs fans probably know a little bit. They put into the lineup DJ Fluker. Now, not the greatest pass protector, yeah, he can but a big, big dude who can move guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah he can do So that. he's really helped their run game. and They, they have a new center in there because their center got injured, who's also been pretty good in the run game. So they got a little better in the run game. They got Sterling Shepard back for a while. I mean, teams, the Giants basically turned into a run-first team. Uh, and, and just were really cautious on offense because they didn't have any weapons. But now they're kind of getting back to at least respectability. They have Sterling Shepard, who's now the number one receiver. Uh, and now they have Evan Ingram, who's developing into a really nice-looking you know, player. So and, and their running game has been decent. I mean, it, uh, not great, but decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orleans, Orleans Dark was averaging 5.1 yards per carry, which is a pretty healthy number in this league. Behind an offensive line that really isn't that good. So, uh, you know, the way to stop them, though, is to make them a, a, a team that has to beat you on the ground. If you could, if you could shut down Ingram and Shepard now, you know, which is pretty much all they have in, in weapons weaponry. Uh, then you know you, they'll be in a big trouble. They haven't been able to hit any key plays downfield. So if you can make them work and it, and pressure the quarterback off the edges, that's where that's how that's how teams beat the Giants, right? The Giants basically have to scheme around the fact that their offensive tackles are not very good. Uh, Eric Flowers combined with Bobby Hart is probably the worst tackle combo in the league. Uh, and if it's not the worst, it, it's in the top five. So they have to scheme their offense around their tackles. They have to get the ball out real quick and do these real quick plays because they're just not going to have the time to sit back their pass and get the ball downfield. So it, teams that teams that give them trouble are the teams that can pressure off the edge, which is something that I mean, you know, that that kind of plays right into the Chiefs, you know, because they what what can the Chiefs do on defense is pressure off the edge, right? Well, so Justin, get, Justin Houston can. If they but- can. I'll tell you one thing, man. Uh, the injury situation is interesting. Tom Bahali didn't practice today. Knee right. stuff, and D Ford didn't practice either. And this was after the bye, so um, you know. I, that's yeah, that's be never good. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, they, like you they said, they should be running back though, man, because they're going to look at the, they're going to watch the tape and see Bobby Hart and Eric Flowers <laughs> and be like, oh, yeah, hey, oh I'm playing ready, this man. week. You I'm can't keep me out. One. I just gotta run straight. I'll be. I'll, I'll get there. I promise. That's like, hey, you can't keep me out this week, okay? I got you. <laughs> yeah. They they made they made Ezekiel Ansa, who who hasn't really done much each of the past two years. Yeah. I mean, he came in and he looked like he was uh, Reggie White in week two. <laughs> that's, that's that's where the Giants are with their offensive yeah. tackle situation. Oh, that's funny. Like you said, the defense is is not very good. Thirty first in total defense, twenty eighth in points yeah. allowed. They also gave up a third and thirty three. <laughs> um, when teams have had success going at the Giants' defense, what have they done? Yeah, well, lately they've been able to get the ball downfield to wide open guys. I mean, just blown coverages left and right, confuse them. Their linebacking core is absolutely uh, devastated. I mean, it wasn't very good in the first place. Now it's been, you know, ravaged by injuries. So you you go, you know, if you have any threat of a run game and you're able to play action them, I mean, that's why you could just tight ends galore and uh you can you can hit your running backs and gain big chunks of yards because their linebackers just they can't cover and the secondary right now is pretty susceptible to being fooled and being out of place and letting up big plays downfield so again i mean 
what are we talking about? A, a, a situation that really plays right into the hands of the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. And it's why, I mean, the Giants are ten and a half point underdogs, right? At home. <laughs> and uh, it's the fourth, fourth time in the last 39 years they've been double-digit underdogs at home. And the last two times have been, was it uh, the 07 Patriots who were undefeated? And also... Was it the 98 Broncos when they were undefeated? They came to the Giants, actually lost, uh, but they came to the Giants undefeated. Maybe even like 14 and 0 they were actually. Uh, and they were late, or 12 and 0, something late in the season. That really good Broncos team at the end of the Elway run. And uh, they came to the Meadowlands. So this is, or MetLife, whatever it's called now. Uh, so th- this is a unchartered territory almost for the Giants to be this bad and this big an underdog at home. Uh, and we we both know New York Giants fans aren't are so shy about voicing their opinions. Uh-huh. How pissed are the fans there right now, man? Oh yeah, you know what? This is it's going to be an interesting scene. Uh, I wonder how many Chiefs fans are actually going to be at this game. Because mm. uh, Gi- Giants fans are very are totally you know off the wagon on this team. Nobody wants to go to the games. If the stadium's not half empty, I would expect a lot of Chiefs fans. I probably expect a lot of Chiefs fans anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, fans are completely, you know, fed up with this team. They want McAdoo gone. They want general manager Jerry Reese gone. Some people want <laughs> Eli Manning gone. Some people want Eli Manning gone. Uh, you know, it's been a – this is actually the fifth time in six years they're going to miss the playoffs. So, it's not It's not just a one-year, oh, they, you know, this is an awful year. Odell got injured kind of deal. This is a – Oh my God! We have serious long-term problems. It's not getting fixed. Cherry Reese is the constant here, and then Ben McAdoo. I'm sure you see it even from a distance. It just—it just. First of all, they're one and eight, right? Yeah. Which is bad. Uh, which is which is terrible. But on top of that, there's the optics of everything. He just, uh, you know, he's up there at the podium. It's it's awkward. It doesn't look good. He stands there on the sideline. You know, the, the looks of it. He looks almost looks like he's lost. The optics of it are really poor, and that that really irks that really irks the Giants fans. He st- he stood up there at a press conference last week after they got blown out by the Rams, and somebody and I actually asked him. I said, "What was your message to the team at halftime?" And he looked from side to side, and he said, "Um," and then didn't answer the question. It was just dead silence. So. You know, these kind of things play into the fact that Giants fans are just totally fed up with him and this team right now. Yeah, no, I, I can I get that sense, and it, it shouldn't get better for them after this weekend because the Chiefs are superior. Um, I already know who you think is going to win. Give me your score. Well, Andy's man. Andy's the best off the bye too, right? I mean, I nobody's better than Andy off the bye week. Oh yeah, look, it, this thing should. And plus, the Chiefs are a pissed off team. They've lost three or four. Right, they haven't played that well, right? Yeah, they haven't played well in a month, so they need kind of a feel-good, bring-everybody-back-together kind of win. So what, what's your prediction score-wise for this thing? Yeah, I think I picked 31-16 Chiefs <laughs> is the way I'm going with this. Uh, yeah. it's, just, it's just hard. Look, I, was, <laughs> I refused to pick the Giants after watching them against the Rams last week against the 49ers. So what do you think? How do you think I'm going to pick the Giants <laughs> against the Chiefs, right? Have you? I mean, seriously, that's 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 the point that this team is at right now. Like, you just you just don't know what you're going to get from them effort-wise. Hey, are you at the point now where like players are like sniping at each other, like quietly in the locker room? Like, is is that where you're at? Is that is that? Kind oh, of yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. They're pointing we fingers. Were, They're like, we are, is this on the record we were just or off? In the locker room. <laughs> uh, we haven't got to the point of a lot of on the record, you know. Uh, pointing fingers, but there's the, the, the anonymous quotes came out last week. Oh yeah, and oh, somebody yeah. you know just passed the comment to me in the in the locker room. You know, uh, you know you're not gonna tackle my arm, but my mom with the way you did that. Some guys tried to tackle with their arms the other day. <laughs> yeah, I was saying and, like uh, you know you're you know you're there when like players start asking, is this question on the record or off? <laughs> like, yeah. When you start there's hearing a, that, you know that team's done lost a few games. <laughs> there's a lot of offs going on, you know, because there's there's really not much. Po- I mean, when you're one in eight, right? Yeah. You're, and like you just said, you read in some of the numbers. I mean, they're. they're 29th offensively, 31st defensively. Their special teams on top of everything else are bad. So, I mean, nobody is like, oh, we're at least I'm playing well or we're doing good over here. So it just, it's a rough spot right now for the Giants. They're, they're in the category of the, the Niners and the Cleveland Browns. But that's the reality. That's where their, their record is. They're, they're in the race for the number one overall pick. 
Well, all right, last question. Like, literally, we, we do know this is the NFL, so anything could happen, even if it's not likely. I mean, what what is the roadmap for the Giants to win this game? The roadmap is to possess the ball and keep the Chiefs' offense off the field, run it, hit a couple big plays. Because, look, they're not – they're not really set up now offensively to be a team that could put a lot of points on the board. Like they're going to need a big defensive play to help them score points. They would need a big special teams effort to get, you know, help them get some points on the board. Uh, like that, that would be the only way that the giants can do it. And somehow they would have to run the ball really well, because I'm telling you, they're going to have a ton of trouble stopping the chiefs from pressuring the quarterback off the edge. So, in order to do that, the only way for them to do that and be successful would be to run the ball really well. They had one win this year. And, by the way, it was in the same spot, except on the road, against the Broncos. When the Broncos hadn't really, uh, you know, spiraled out of control either. And people thought, we thought the Broncos were good. The Giants went there and we gave them no chance to win. You know, they were 0-6 and and had no chance to win against the Broncos. They had no wide receivers. And the recipe for them in that game was to run the ball, run the ball, dominate the clock, and then they put in a good defensive effort. So uh, that, that's that's what they're going to need this week in order to have a chance to beat the Chiefs. All right. Hey, Jordan, this was great, man. Tell my followers how they can find you, man. You can find me on Twitter anytime, at JordanRonon, uh, ESPN.com, the Giants page, always providing content there. Really, anyway, any social media, I'm on JordanRonon. And if you're a diehard Chiefs fan and you want to know everything you need to know about the upcoming opponent, this is the man to follow for the Giants, folks. Trust me on that. Jordan, appreciate it, Therese. I appreciate you, man. I look forward to seeing you on Sunday, all right? You got it, man. Have a safe trip here, and we'll, uh, we'll see you in a bit. All right, brother. See you. Okay, so good stuff there from Jordan. Let's go ahead, hit, hit up our A-team roundtable. Let's go. <laughs> hey, it's, everybody's it is. <laughs> it's, it's the very enthusiastic Therese Paler. Chief B rider with the Kansas City Star, and I'm with three, two of my guys. We're missing the third. Vahe is out on assignment. He's advancing the game. He is advancing the game, <laughs> and he's doing a hell of a job. You guys need to keep a lookout for something he's working on. Um, but as always on Facebook Live, I'm here with my guys. It's Sam Mellinger, and it is uh, Blair Kirkhoff. How you guys doing today? Uh, I am laid back. Very laid back. <laughs> I would say. It's been, <laughs> <about you>? yeah. <laughs> it's been decided upon. Yeah. Um, we're making jokes about um, one of our features this week. <laughs> one of our topics is because this is a horrible game. The Chiefs are 6 and 3. Rock. They're facing the Giants, who are 1 and 8. A horrific football team. Um, as Blair pointed out, the Chiefs are the biggest road favorite in the NFL in 25 years. But it, for the Chiefs. Right, for the for Chiefs. The, for the in Chiefs. franchise, um, yep, yep. So, you know, we're going to touch on this game like a little bit, but not a lot because they should win. Uh, but we do have a great show for you. We're going to go over our midseason awards, which we, if you didn't read in Sunday Star, you should go back and click on it now because we're about our hashtag clicks. <laughs> uh, but we will cover that here. Uh, we're also going to discuss the all versus the Chiefs team which is players uh, that we remember as being a little better than they are because they killed the Chiefs. Um, and the only reason we're talking about that is that it's going to take a performance like that for the Giants to win. This is a horrible team. Like Somebody on the Giants, had, like Paul Perkins or something, needs to go off. Uh, and also, uh, in a bit of fun, we're going to assess the A-team's personality briefly, <laughs> NBA 2K style. Because uh, on that game, on that video game, Players all have one of four personality types, which is laid back, unpredictable, expressive, and neutral. And uh, I actually think one of the reasons uh, the A-team works is because, like that game, uh, we have a little mix of all. And uh, that's what makes the whole team a team. It gives you a little bit of everything you need. So, as you can tell, we're having a little fun this week because this game stinks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it has the potential to stink. <laughs> yeah. If it's a good game, that's going to stink for the Chiefs. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You guys should hope the game stinks. You guys should hope the Chiefs win by 20. I mean, it, I mean, this is a bad team. Like, the Giants don't even run to the ball. Like, they, <laughs> they, they've quit on that coach. But, okay. All right, let's go through our midseason awards briefly. Well, or quickly, depending on how much fun this goes for us. Fellas, Derek Thomas, team MVP, and the decision was unanimous. It's the quarterback, Alex Smith. Yep. Um, interestingly enough, 
I got some pushback on that from fans. And I know some of that's just fans being fans. But is there any credence to the fact that the fans start to feel a little worried that 2015 or 2016 Alex is coming, coming back? I mean, I'm never going to tell fans not to worry. <laughs> um, it's kind of what happens. Um, the, the way the season's set up, like winning that game in the opener against that team on that stage in that stadium – in some ways, like, set up the rest of the, the, the next 15 games to be a disappointment in some ways. Like, it, that just wasn't – they weren't going to go 16-0 and 0 and boat race everybody. And, and Alex was terrific that night, um, and he was terrific for most of the next four games. Uh, and actually, I think – I don't know. I'm, I'm curious what you guys think about this. Like, uh, there's been a few games, I'm thinking, specifically of Dallas and one of the other – games right before that where I didn't think watching live that Alex played that well mm-hmm. and then watching again I was like oh he was a lot better than than I thought live mm-hmm. and you know I know like we get super nerdy and this is also our job so we watch the games more and and closer than than a lot of people and I wonder if if you know maybe that first impression is kind of sticking with people and yeah he wasn't he's not at New England in week one good every week. So it's like, ooh, I remember last year when he wasn't that good. So people are getting worried. Plus, Chiefs fans have taught – or Chiefs, the Chiefs have taught their fans to expect the worst, to be let down. I think that's part of it too. I agree. But to give them some hope because of the regular Not season hope. success yeah. and then and then smash them yeah. you know, in, in the postseason. I think the, I think the Dallas Alex Smith was more 2015-2016 Alex Smith maybe than we had seen him – during the year, um, you know, yeah, he had the two touchdown passes, but think about you know what they were. Mm-hmm. You know, one was the totally. the hill Tyreek, yeah. the, the Tyreek play, and the other was the the short pass to to Kelsey in the end zone. I don't I don't think he played great against Dallas. No, he wasn't great. But you, look, he has. I think this is right. You may know it off the top of your head, Therese, but nine games, eight of them, he's been over a hundred in passer rating, and. That's incredible. He still leads the AFC in that, you know, in that statistic. Mm-hmm. And eighteen to one touchdown to interception ratio is phenomenal. It's incredible. It is. It's phenomenal. And the the one pick you can almost forgive him for. It was in a desperate time. It was a bad throw, mm-hmm. but it was you know it was, I think the last throw he's made. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, did Dallas run off the clock after that? So I I, I'm, I, I don't. It was an easy choice for me as midway me MVP. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt are all having, you know, Pro Bowl at least Pro Bowl type seasons. But I think Alex Smith is the is like the, having the All Pro season of quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. And um, again, he's on pace to throw thirty two touchdowns, two interceptions, passing rating through the roof. Thirty two <laughs> touchdowns would be a franchise record. It would be. He's also on track for right? yeah. career thirty thirty passing yeah. yards too. Yeah. So. Uh, Mac Lee Hill, Rookie of the Year, which is also unanimous. Kareem Hunt, no doubt, right? No doubt. In fact, I was trying to come up with a list of who else would even qualify for this. Uh, Reggie Ragland would have, um, mm-hmm. and I thought about him. And, of course, uh, Harrison Butker, would, Butker have, yeah. would, would, would be eligible. And then the only other rookies who have played are Aligwe a little bit, Passigno a little bit. Jehu Chesson finally played some offensive snaps against, against Dallas. But um, nobody with an impact. I mean, mm-hmm. no other... Rookie with an impact, except for Bud Kerr. And, and, uh, but Kareem Hunt, even though the running game hasn't been good, got off to such a great start. And he's still second in the NFL in rushing yards. Um, I want to see him get back into the end zone. Remember, he was doing that pretty frequently during the 5-0 and start. And mm-hmm. Hasn't been in the end zone lately. Mm-hmm. I, just, I want to see him back in the end zone. Rookie with an impact. Happens every time. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I think teams are playing them a little bit differently, uh, specifically against the run after that start. Uh, you know, it became pretty obvious. You got to stop. You got to stop that guy if you have any chance of of stopping the Chiefs. Um, he, you know, forget like obviously he's he's the team rookie of the year. Um, but going forward, and this is something we talked about a little bit before. Um, I think one of the most important things, like Justin Houston's health, but also Kareem Hunt, not just his health, but his strength. And you know, there's a people talk about the rookie wall, and and he's got a lot of carries on him from Toledo. He, he carried the ball a he lot yeah. in college and took some punishment. And I just I worry if 
they need him to be as close to 100% as you can expect an NFL running back to be in January because he's such a big part of what they do, such a good fit uh, passing game and running game. Um, they, they really need him to be to be right. But he's darned if he does and darned if he doesn't, right? He has nine carries against the Cowboys, and people say, that's not enough. Yeah. You know, he yep. needed more. He mm-hmm. needed more. And, you know, he did. But you don't, you don't want to see him at 17, 18 carries a game. No. I don't anyway. Yeah. Um, they have got to do a better job. Switching up the carries. I mean, if you own Kareem Hunt in fantasy, the best thing for the Chiefs would be for his numbers to drop and hurt your team. Um, they need him to be ready to go yep. week 16 and on. That means Sharkandrick West needs to carry the ball a little <laughs> bit more. That means it really helped, in my opinion, if Hakeem Hunt developed into somebody you relied upon and get five, six touches. Like you got to do a good job at this point, I think, seeing the forest from the trees. This is a little yeah. guy who's taken a lot of punishment, yep. had a lot of touches in college. Yep. I think that has something to do with why he was available in the third round because evaluators are not blind. Mm-hmm. Um, you That's know. a good point. That's yeah. a good thing. And the other thing is, I, these last this last month of games or so, he's getting hit so often three yards behind the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and the having to break that tackle you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. To, to get nothing, mm-hmm. to get one. Um, whereas in the first few games, you know, he wouldn't... You know, yeah, it was you know, rolling. Yeah, it was rolling pretty good. Um, so... You're right. This offensive line now they're healthy, uh, and you know, uh, Duvernay Tardif came back for the Dallas game. I don't think he played particularly well in that game. Morris is back, so maybe with a week off, but we'll see a and a schedule that, that would you know suggest success. For sure. Moving on, I, I will say this: not a great sign. The number of players who didn't practice today coming off the no, bye. No. Albert Wilson didn't practice. Right, D four yeah, didn't D4 practice, did not. and then Tamba didn't practice because he had swelling. Swelling on his knee from uh, from previous game, and who am I missing? There's four. Um, um, oh, I gotta look it up. Yeah, four who didn't uh, not practice today. Was it Bailey? Yeah, yeah Alan Bailey. Thank you. That one coming out of nowhere. So, look, man, like this is not good. These guys should all be ready to go after the bye week. Um, mm-hmm. That is not a positive sign, and the Albert thing is really concerning. Because, like I say, you're one more injury away from really going to the well. Like, you know, something happens. Like, De'Anthony Thomas is earning 40-plus snaps on offense, and he's not like a big guy. Where Jay Hugh Chesson has taken on that role, and we don't know what Jay Hugh Chesson can do on a down-to-down basis. My point is, you know, uh, they are one more receiver injury away from being like a, not a great spot. Mm-hmm. Right. Or at least being in an unproven spot. And that's why the Conley injury hurts so much. Shout-out to Vahe, because... He loves Chris Conley and is pretty <laughs> acutely aware of what he's getting. He's a really good possession receiver, though. He's really developing it. Man, he was the third down guy. He'd become he the was. third down guy. And, and, I, and it only happened once. I think it was the Eagles game, but they made that – he and, and Alex Smith made that eye contact. And yeah. 35 yards later, yeah. you got yeah. a great completion. Right. I, I got a story coming on Demarcus Robinson because, like, I think one of the keys to this offense getting back to its February status is, like, Alex and Demarcus – developing that kind of Conley trust. They they got to get on the same page, like, quick. And they need to do that by the end of the season. Because I guarantee you this, this team's going to make the playoffs. There's going to come a time in one of those, the first playoff game where teams are going to say, Demarcus Robinson is going to have to beat us. And he is physically talented enough to beat almost any cornerback in this league. The question is, will Alex be able to stand in that pocket, see, see that single coverage, and trust Demarcus to make that play? Mm-hmm. Demarcus Robinson's gonna have to beat somebody when it matters. I will tell you that right now. So that's why my story's coming because mm-hmm. um, teams don't cover him. You know, they give him single coverage all game. So they gotta make him pay, just like Chris Conley made people pay, mm-hmm. right? Short to intermediate. Um, let's keep it on going here. Uh, the the Stars Awards were a little more competitive. Um, Team Alpha Dog went to Justin Houston. But Sam, you voted for Alex, which is understandable. Um, Vahe and I voted for Houston, and so did Dave Hewlett, our ace photographer, who's manning the ones and twos. <laughs> um, Blair, you voted for Smith, too, so actually I'm a little outnumbered right now. Just Did you guys at least understand the Houston selection? Oh, or? absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And to me, it was just one, it was one of those two guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe my lean toward Alex Smith was it, he's just different this year. Mm-hmm. It's different. Um, and the way teammates – Talk about him uh, with, after a game, especially after a win. You get Travis Kelsey talking about and, and Tyreek Hill talking about Alex Smith, and uh, it's I'm not gonna say it's different. They've always praised him, but there's there's just a different 
look about them when they talk about their, their confidence in Alex. And so um, Justin Houston is, I think he's the most important player on the D for sure, on, on defensively for, for the Chiefs. But Alex Smith has turned himself into a indispensable player. Yeah. And, um, and Chiefs would, we can talk about Pat Mahomes later if you want, but losing Alex Smith would be, would be a disaster for this team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, be a disaster. And I, I just think he—I think he commands more respect in that locker room than I've seen since I've been doing I, this. I would agree with that. And I'll also tell you, you know, if and when Pat is a starter, like that guy just turned 22 years old in September. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference in like maturity in like Alex and Pat. And that's not even a shot at Pat. It's just no, what's the difference no, in you yeah. oh my God. being like from even 11 years ago for you? Oh, yeah. Does it mean no, it's, I was a moron at 22, <laughs> right? And I mean, <laughs> I'm literally, I'm just going to be laughing out thinking of me at 11 years. <laughs> you know, that was something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what you don't know. Right, right. You know, and like you look at us the same way because you, yeah. you know, Blair's like these. Fuck- yeah, you're still kids. <laughs> You got it, and, here, and there it is. The unpredictable one is back. I've noticed a pattern. Like I'm always more susceptible to the. Yeah, it's always when you're looking that way. <laughs> I, I am. I, yeah, it is. He brings it out. The devil over <laughs> here. <laughs> but it didn't count. Yeah, it didn't count. He got tied with Blair. I'm just tied with Blair. Okay, what were we even? Uh, were we Alex saying? and yeah. Justin and maturity and uh, <laughs> Pat, and then we were going to start dropping F bombs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but my point is, like, next year, like, if Pat is a starter, there will, like, be a difference in, like, the maturity. Because, like, there's something to be said for a guy like Alex who's literally been through it. Like, Alex could go to Eric Fisher when people thought he was a bust. And, like, hey, like, look, ignore that. Like, mm-hmm. he could really, because he did it. People wrote off Alex Smith. They wrote him off. Mm-hmm. And, like, anybody in that room on offense that can be like, hey, you know, no matter what you feel about him as a player, you were like, hey man, that's a man. Like that's that's a that's a dude there. You know, he he's been through it and he's mature. So my point is like I, I get it. Like I really do. It, I just went from my point of view, I was like, as an alpha dog, who was the only person in there that could get everyone in there to change their behavior if they did so forcefully enough? And I think it's Justin. I yeah, there's no could, there's no wrong answer no, between I, those two. I agree. And and we probably have an entirely different answer if Eric Berry was still in that locker room on, yeah. a, on a daily basis. Yeah. Eric Berry, by the way, you guys want to hear this. He was in the locker room today. He was, wasn't yeah. he? Oh, I thought he got out of there before the rest of the media got there. No, Maybe yeah, he yeah. did, because I didn't see him. I you were in there. He, he, he kind of left as we walked good, in. Good, yeah. well, he was in there. This was awesome. He's been in there a couple times. You guys are like this. I've seen this regularly now. He's in there in his locker talking next to Houston. And then I was walking around at DBs. He went over to Steven Nelson and started talking to Nelson about things he could have done. Like, he like, yeah, you almost got that play, but this this will happen right here. I'm like, oh, Eric Berry's still involved and engaged. That's good. Yeah, that they need good. that. That's great. They need that. They miss that guy, man. Like, I feel like every week we see more and more why they paid him $78 million, man. They need his influence. As a safety, too. Yeah. Safety. God, they need that Run defender. They need that guy's influence on the field and off. That was a guy that could touch every every part of the locker room, too, from Dustin Colbert yep. to yep. Marcus yep. to Travis. Because what, what, if, if Eric Berry tells you something, what you going to say? Forget <laughs> that guy. Right? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> what you're gonna say? Yeah, it's, it's. I will say, like, it's almost too bad that this team never had like its full pieces, like in the playoffs when they were mature enough to like win. Like, if they lose in the playoffs this year, you can. It's absolutely fair to think, like, man, bad luck got you. Because, like, if Eric Berry could have played, maybe it's different. If Justin Houston could have been. This version, like the right version of Justin Houston, like it could be different. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like every year injuries have sunk this team enough. Where they've got like a pretty good team on paper, man. Like if this is Madden, you don't have these injuries, and you have like a team that can go in there and win against almost anybody. Um, team Alpha Dog was that. Um, the other one was off best offensive player, and this was a great category, right? Because I felt like we all gave a lot of love to the right guys here, and it ended up being a tie. With Kelsey and Hill, um, but 
the only reason it was tied was because you picked Alex as best offensive player. So you can kind of break this uh, between Trav and Ty. Trav has better numbers, though. He leads a team with in catches and yards. But Ty, um, you know, Ty has been dynamic. So. Yeah, I, I went with <laughs> – when you play quarterback, it's almost like an unfair advantage in some of this stuff just because yeah. you have such an impact uh, you know, on the game on every snap. Uh, between those two, I think I would go with Kelsey. Uh, I think, you know, like you said, he's, he's had better numbers. There are times when uh, you know, the Denver game obviously sticks out, but there's times that he's just on guard. You know, he, he cannot cover him. He's, he's the best tight end in the game. Yeah. Right he is yeah. the best tight end in the game. Yeah, and, and kind of – you can say some of this about Ty too, but um, you know, kind of makes everybody around him a little bit better too, because you got to suck down on this intermediate stuff, and um, you know, he's he's improved, I think, a little bit as a blocker, but you know, mostly what he's going to be doing is is uh, you know, being too big for D backs and and too fast for linebackers. Yeah, man, that's that's pretty, that's obviously valuable. When when Trav is toting that line between being a juice giver and like somebody who. And like a crazy man, like that's what you don't want him going too far to the crazy yeah. man because that's right. when the penalties come. But like, it's important to have people like him and Marcus on the field. Like, you need people yeah. to give you energy. Yeah, I don't feel like they played with a lot of energy against Dallas. No, they did not at all. Yeah. Um, and I think Travis tried, right? But like, imagine if they didn't have someone like Travis, they might have slept walk through that whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit. Alex said this after the game, I think, right about um, the energy thing. There's a little bit of chicken and egg, sure. right? Because yeah. they were three and out, three and out, their first two possessions. It's hard to, you know, have a lot of juice after something like that. But, yeah, they, they, that, that was flat. That was flat in a lot of ways. Best defensive player was Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that was three to two because Vahe and Blair went with Peters, which I get. Um, was what, 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 what led you to do that? Well, e- even though it, from a profile standpoint, this has been Marcus's worst year uh-huh. because of the, the anthem protest and the tackling. Uh-huh. Uh, I still think he's the most effective defense. He's certainly the most defensive player in the secondary. And they still don't throw his way. He's had a hand in each of the defensive touchdowns they've scored. He still leads the team in picks. Um, I, I still think that from a Who's best at their position standpoint? I think he's the best at his position, um, best uh, position group, I should say. Um, look, Justin Houston is is terrific. He's fantastic. He, he's still not a hundred percent. He's still not, you know. You still wonder about his, you know, his health and missing missing practices during the week. And I, I think his numbers should be a little better. It's at seven, seven and a half sacks. You know, he's on pace for. 12, 13, I, I, I think he should be a 17, 18 sack guy, yeah. and he, he's not. Yeah. Um, Peters is, you know, halfway to his you know, six, inter- six picks that he had last year. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not making a compelling argument, but when I, th- when, when I saw the category, I thought about those two guys and who, you know, we all love Justin Houston. We love him for his locker room presence, and sometimes I think we – we, we think a little less of Marcus Peters for the non-football things about him, but as a, as a still as a pure football talent, I, I still think he's the best defensive player on this team. Yeah, I mean, Marcus is literally might be my favorite NFL player for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, just the punting. I want the punting to come back, though. <laughs> but uh, to me, I went with Justin because he uh, plays both the pass and the run in a way that Marcus doesn't you're right just incapable that. of and i get the the injury has limited him but um that eagles game like that he was, was good a as I've seen him. mother effing superhero that day that yeah. was incredible. it was like the broncos game last year yes yeah yeah and you know even um what was it the pittsburgh game was the game before oakland right um mm-hmm. that game he was hobbled and i don't think he was near close to 100% in the Oakland games. He was just kind of bull rushing. He wasn't trying to get around the edge. But in the last few, um, Houston's another one. I didn't think he played that well against Dallas. Watched the game again. He was better than than I thought. Um, you know, won a lot of one-on-one matchups. Did did have a little bit of bend around the edge. Um, you know, it's just about health with him. But he just, I went with him just because he affects every snap, pass and rush, um, in a way that Marcus just can't. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, biggest surprise was Harrison Butker. 
which was almost unanimous. Yeah, I should have, I should have gone with Butker. I went with Peters. I thought being a little down and other teams like not being afraid to throw that direction now. Interesting. Interesting. I thought you know. By the way, we wonder how like the Panthers could like let go of Butker. Yeah, that's because the guy who beat him out is twenty and twenty one on field goals. So, that'll play. Yeah, so they had a they had two good pretty good options there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Butker's been great. Best kicker room in football. It's the best <laughs> kicker room. <laughs> pretty good. Well, if you're the Chiefs, you just gotta hope like the rookie shakes doesn't hit him when it matters. Yeah, you know? right, that's, right. If you're a Chiefs fan, you you are probably objectively terrified. <laughs> Shaking right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Well, because because missed field goals have nothing to do with Chiefs playoff history nope. either. Nope, uh, nope, 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 nope. Sometimes it's nope, about looking the part as a kicker though. Like let's just say. You know, Bucker looks the part of like a superhero kicker. He's uh-huh. like six five or something. Yeah, he just yeah. bombs the kickoffs <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. And right. the Chiefs are in much better financial financial place with him going forward mm-hmm. than the Panthers would are with Gano, and the Chiefs would have been with Santos. Mm-hmm. I feel like Bucker, if a kickoff ever gets to Bucker making a tackle. Butker will make a tackle, as yeah. opposed to maybe Santos. The, <laughs> like, like, I'm going to put money on Butker making the, the game-saving tackle. I mean, there's there's an appearance difference between Harrison Butker and, like, Lynn Elliott. You know what I mean? Like, just oh, yeah. as, as, when it comes to <laughs> oh, looking yeah. the part, there's a big difference. So that's something to <laughs> be up. <laughs> you got to hope that overtakes the Chiefs' uh, luck thing. Therese said the name. <laughs> it's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> Lynn Elliott, Lynn Elliott, Lynn Elliott, Lynn Elliott. Say that five times on Thanksgiving in the dark. I'm sorry, Hollywood in the dark. Jesus, okay. Um, Unpredictable. Yeah, definitely. we're going to get to that. Most improved. This one was tough because I just didn't, I didn't really like any of the options. Um, Conley would have been my choice prior to the injury. I yeah. thought he really developed into a nice player. Um, but... Duvernay Tardif hadn't played enough for me to feel completely comfortable with it, but I know why you guys went there. I, I kind of like your DeMarcus pick because I feel like he could be way more of a negative than mm-hmm. he is after all the, mm-hmm. after how little he's played. But mm-hmm. we ended up, it was a tie between Alex and Laurent Duvernay Tardif. So De, DeMarcus, obviously. And then you, you picked you pick Tardif, though. Yeah, but it was difficult. Um, you you could have made a case for, for several. And I, I picked Tardif simply because it was. The pro football focus numbers you know, say that he's one had been one of the best guards, yeah. and, and and when he was healthy, that's when the Chiefs' offense was rolling pretty good. Yeah. Certainly the running game, mm-hmm. and he gets hurt and goes out, and three, they lose three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's that that went into part of the thinking. Okay, all right, let's move on to this game. Um, the Giants are the only team Chiefs have never been on the road. Thank you for that. Great yeah, how about that? Chiefs are 0-6 against the Giants on the road. I think we all think that ends this week. Uh, it, are we going better? <laughs> are we going if the over under is 12 and a half? If they're 12 and a half point favors, are we going over? Yeah, I am too. Yeah, I think so. Especially with the Andy Reid week off thing, and you know the, the way the Giants are playing. Chiefs should have a chip on their shoulder after Dow. Worst game of the year by far. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs was mm-hmm. the Cowboys game. Mm-hmm. They better have fixed things. Yeah, yeah. I agree. The way it stays closer is if the Chiefs just kind of aren't taking this game seriously. And, <laughs> and I don't think that this is a team that has really – that doesn't seem to be in their makeup. Right, because you can't say, well, if the Chiefs, you know, turn it over three or four times. They don't. They just right. – they don't do that. Mm-hmm. So, they, they – um, listen, they, this is a game that I would absolutely take the Chiefs in this game. Um, only way it doesn't happen is if a giant goes off, like Orleans Darkwa. Like Orleans Darkwa has to get, like, eight thirty-eight carries for, like – 200-something yards, um, which made me think of, like, players that have impressed all of us that, like, might not be that good, but, like, we all have to, hey, you know, and it's burned us in fantasy, right, because I own Chris Ivory. Me too. <laughs> he was good, man. He was so he was good. good. I'm like, hey, this Chris Ivory can play. Yeah. Like, jeez. <laughs> One other player who's yeah. made news today that we all came away like, hey, man, we actually had a legit conversation about this guy versus Alex Smith. Tyrod Taylor. 
Yeah. Remember that throw he made to the left sideline? Yeah, we were like, whoa. Was rolling. Was so <laughs> he dropped it in. He made the Drew Bledsoe, like, 2001 throw, where it was like, wow, the touch on that out route. Wow. Uh, and he loses his job to Nathan Peterman. Yeah. A guy I liked in the draft, but at no did point like, did I ever think he was ugh. better than Ty Taylor. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Like, are we kidding? I, I can't believe that the Bills have done that. And that's not that's significant. The Chiefs play the Bills next week after, mm-hmm. after this one. So. You know what's also significant about that? His quarterback coach is uh, the Chiefs' former receiver coach, just like last year, David Culley, which means that oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. the coach right. for the yeah. Bill, the coach for the Bills is Sean McDermott, who's a Reed protege. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if you guys are dreaming of Ty Taylor, you're probably not going to get him here. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Even as a backup, that that must mean they don't think he's a great fit for the oh, system. I'll tell you, when I looked at the remaining schedule and I thought teams that the Chiefs would struggle against, uh, me too. I looked at the Bills because of him, because <laughs> no. of Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. I don't worry. That first half, <laughs> he was slinging it. He was slinging it. Oh my! They were up 14 zip. Yeah. The Chiefs even settled in. Oh my God. We were all looking around. He's like, "Hey, this Ty Taylor." Like, hey, and remember, we even brought it up. You were like, at the end, after the after the game, you were like. Would you rather have Alex or Tyrod? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, geez, I don't know. Think about that. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor's not done. You will hear from that man again. I think he's good. This I mean, is bogus. I, yeah, I mean, it's still... This is bogus. I, um, other players that, yeah. yeah. Other, yeah. Other players that we've seen that lit the Chiefs up. Well, Let's not go ahead. No. Um, I mean, the one I just remember last year, Ryan Suckup hitting... <laughs> I mean, in, in the freezing cold, a kick well, that he never hit that here. Great. Well, no, like, in, in the other got, uniform. Because he got the second chance. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just Which, by the it. way, I get annoyed every time that a team tries to ice the kicker and the center doesn't snap it. Like, that, oh. should, be, that should be one of the things you teach as a special team. Well, that's you they, hear the whistle, snap it, and give your guy a They do that here. Dave uh, yeah, Tobe absolutely kick. says, kick the ball. Go yeah. through the process. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely go through the process. And sometimes you just see the center stand up. Ooh, I guess I, can't, <laughs> I, guess I can't snap it. The man said stop. Send us your questions. We'll answer them at the end. Um, Chris, Chris, well, we already did Chris Ivory. Uh, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Lights him up. Definitely. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> that, that first half, that opener last yeah. year. Man. That was something. He was a problem. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that when, was something. When he still had two knees. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, Marcus handled him okay this year, though. Um, he did. Miles Austin, you guys brought up. Miles <laughs> Austin. <laughs> 2013. I'd never heard of the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know who the hell he was. He was lighting Brandon Flowers up, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, he was. The old version of James Harrison. Like the upper 30s, almost. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The pinch hit James. Yeah. I don't know if he plays. Like, he doesn't show up like that. You're enjo- you mean you're enjoying the. You're enjoying the, like, football equivalent to Harold Baines. Yeah. Like yeah. The yeah. A designated yeah. pass rusher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I brought up Marcus Murray. No, you brought Jameis and Marcus. Murray. Yeah, those two quarterbacks. Jameis looked good. Yeah. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. He's taking a lot of flack for the EW's thing. Which was goofy. He needed to take flag for that. That, that was, was very goofy. But uh, he was looking pretty good. And also, who brought up uh, Johnny Football? Yeah, yeah. It was just player. that one game. It uh-huh. was a low-scoring game. Chiefs offense couldn't get anything yeah. going. It was a wet game, I think. The field was, but, but Manziel had him. They were down. Whatever their final score was. I think it was less than six. But Manziel had him in the red zone at the end of the game. and Spiked if, his helmet. If he... Yes, that's right. If he if, if he wins that game, maybe his whole you know future is different. But he Johnny Manziel, they Cleveland Browns did, and, uh, and and the Browns haven't won since, and he's no. not in football. Or if the Raiders were in Vegas already. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right, and lastly, we're gonna have some fun here and assess the A-team's personality, which is a feature that was brought out. Uh, <laughs> Mainly because we were just having fun talking about it before the show. So like I said, in NBA 2K, you got four personality types. You have laid back, you've got neutral, you've got expressive and unpredictable. You guys are never going to believe this, but it was unanimously, unanimously agreed upon that Sam is laid back. The most California surfer dude <laughs> from Cali, Kansas City you'll ever meet. Never seen you upset. <laughs> You kind of got upset there, didn't you? That's about as far as you go. I'll get over it. We, we decided that Blair was laid back as well. 
Blair is the Rocket A team we agreed upon. I feel like Blair is just, you never get a bad day from Blair. The rock head of the A team. No. no, Blair doesn't even like for us to like talk about ourselves. You're just so much about the team and so much about, <laughs> you know, you don't, you, you're That's because you guys carry, you carry me. That is not true. Absolutely. If I ever see Blair throw a tape recorder, it's the end of the world. <laughs> I know, that means this thing is the over. Is Nobody handles the assortment of BS we deal with better than Blair. Um, you guys will never believe this, but these two unanimously agreed upon me being unpredictable. That's a fact. That's because they don't see you before. Right. <laughs> They're like, no, he's expressive. Because <laughs> oh, no. oh. yeah, what the people at home don't see is 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 Therese sitting here. I gotta do all this, man. I gotta do all this, and then Dave goes one, two, three. Ha ha! Welcome to the show. <laughs> It was like a light just let me turn that thing on. I got the audio levels boosted all the way. Therese comes on like, whoa, wait, too much, too much. That's the best part of the show. There there are some pep talks given to the big guy. Let's just put it that way. Okay? So typically, like, I know people say, like, you get, sometimes people get annoyed at our inside jokes or whatever, but for the most part, if we're laughing at the beginning of the show, it's because some of these guys have boosted me up a little Something bit. Just like, yeah. And I was just like, hey, man, it's going to be all right. And then I, and they're laughing because I've figured out how to keep the juice going, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Except for the, after one game, I can't remember which one it was. We were all laughing right at the beginning, and that was because I had just said something that I very much didn't want, not want broadcast across, across the internet, and I think I think I was in the clear. It was very much like a, if we care about CTC, which is cut the check, we were very grateful that that missed it. We did not need that broadcast. <laughs> There was there's universal agreement that Dave Hewlett is expressive. Yes. Very optimistic, very upbeat, happy individual. We need that. A lot of juice all the time. Especially when these guys are so laid back and I could be down there with them or I could be up there. It just kind of depends. And we decided on Bon Vahe being expressive too with some neutral in there. Because like Vahe is, is the most social of the A-team. Easily. Easily the most social. There's no question. He no. knows the most people. Yep. He bonds with people the quickest. Mm-hmm. He relates to people the easiest. He, he's incredible. But Vahe has a little me in him. Where like, <laughs> you know, depending on what happened, he might not be up here. He might be here. You know, it just kind of depends. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, like this, what makes the A-team so special is that it always comes back. Like you can bring the low morale of the group back up high. It's like NBA 2K. You have like you can get if you're the GM, you can give players a pep talk, and some players are more some players are more prone to be down than others. So like I might have to give Reggie Jackson a pep talk a month to get his morale up, so his ratings aren't affected, right? Um, I'm definitely a pep talk a month guy, right? <laughs> Million percent, I'm a pep talk a month guy. Whereas like Vi is probably like you know. Every other no, maybe no, not even. Vahe's the one giving pep talks. Yeah, Vahe. Vahe. Let me not as much as me. Sometimes we have to walk out the door. You and I have to walk out the door with him and just talk, talk through some stories and some ideas and some maybe a little conflict. Yeah, maybe (laughs) sometimes a little conflict. We gotta, we just have to just kind of lay it out and walk through and maybe once a quarter like yeah. once a quarter like four times a season and me it's once a month like you're gonna have to hey yeah. <laughs> there was one incident that happened around this time last year that I'm not gonna prefer, refer to specifically but these guys will remember because something happened oh yeah 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 something happened uh, that I had yeah. no control over yeah yeah that I did participate <laughs> in but had no control was over day. it was a rough day Blair literally took me into the other room and was like hey man how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I felt, I just felt fatherly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Needed some love. I will, I will say that it was a, it was not. Let's just say it was not like a locally, locally centralized conflict. Yeah. I just, say, <laughs> I just, I just remember you walked in. It was in. far encompassing. You walked in and you just had your head down. You like. You guys got care of me today, man. Yeah. I, got no, I got nothing. I got nothing for you. Like, okay. Okay. Right. Let's, see, let's see what we can do. Uh, no. Vahe, Vahe's like also uh, 
we had a Christmas party, um, like three, four years ago, whatever. And uh, like, as that party went on, and then like the next few days, there were so many. I love Vahe. <laughs> I've never met him before. I'm like, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> 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 I don't think that was loud enough. <laughs> I, I heard that <laughs> <laughs> You did. You're clean on that. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Freaking Vahe. Let's answer some questions and go Mr. home. Mr. Popularity. Yeah. <laughs> it was my party. <laughs> Andrew Crocker says, when Blair stares at the camera motionless, he looks like a classical Van Gogh. And I got a hey, like from somebody. That's three. That's three likes from people. Oh, Okay. Andrew Crocker says, Meliger is 100% right. Something you said earlier. Not good, um, yeah. Cosign. <laughs> Jesse Bates asked, does Kareem get back on track in the second half? Yes. Yes, because, because of who they play, yep. as, as much as anything. Healthy offensive line and who they play. Jordan Tribe says, 24 and 39. That's the opponent's remaining record. That's their opponent. Mm. Op- op- yeah. That's the remaining opponent's record so right. far. One, one winning record, yeah. I think. Uh, Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo's 5-4. and four. <laughs> Miami's 4-4. Four 4-4, and four, four and, four, and Buffalo lost her last game 51 to whatever. So. Oh, this is good. Coleman Brockmeyer says, what's the story by Vahe and, and, and Hewlett you guys have been teasing about? And when does it come oh, out? Oh. We think it comes out Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, weekend, I think. Do we, want, we don't want to mention that. I think. We just... I think let people, let people wait it'll, for it. It'll be posted yeah. Friday. Don't you, okay. Right. Don't you think it'll be posted on Friday? It's a really yeah. Isn't it a good story? You, you, you know more about than anybody. It's a terrific story. I, yes. I will, Let me tell I you. highly recommend my own Involving work. a Kansas City Chief. <laughs> right. It is a Kansas City Chiefs player profile that you will enjoy. And let me tell you something. Anytime Vahe has a week plus to work on a feature, uh, it's absolutely. a must read. That's a mm-hmm. done deal. Guarantee you it's going to be a great read when he has time to kill a story like this. So just look out for the star on, on Friday. Um, our bosses have joined this conversation. Uh-oh. Smile. <laughs> Wave. <laughs> Jacob Wentz is age, Riz. <laughs> Jesse Bates is 18. Glad to have you guys back. Glad to be back. Doggone it, we're back. <laughs> Glad, to, Glad be to be back. Super duper. Thank goodness for the bye week. Needed the bye Thank week. Thank goodness for the bye week. Goodbye. <laughs> Ross Sawyer says, stepping up the tech game. I don't know why. Maybe. Did you do something new? I don't know. I'm just trying to keep in focus. Hmm. Okay. Whoa, whoa, really? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going focus now? I know. I know. Is this a higher quality? Like I got a microphone and the whole, the whole thing here. It's like, you know, I try to bring the production down. <laughs> Our main man, Paul DeSantis, says, what's up, dudes? Paul. Paul good always day. answers. Yeah. Paul always watches and asks us questions, and they're good questions, so we appreciate you, man. Kevin Hayes says, <laughs> he says the week off has been good for you guys. <laughs> has it? Good. Is that obvious? Huh? <laughs> uh, um, Anybody come back injured? Uh, everybody's healthy, right? I think we're okay. Yeah, I can't right. say the same for your Chiefs. Yeah. Jesse Bates says, please tell us the Acker experience is over. I cannot tell you that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's. I don't I, get it. I don't, I don't understand that one either. No. Terrence Mitchell should be playing. Mm-hmm. Andrew Crocker says... Love you guys doing these live shows. Oh, by the way, I talked to Terrence Mitchell in the locker room today. He's okay. He's he's he he. has got the uh, right the right yeah. He he's he'll thought be process about his it. his confidence has not been shaken one bit, not like one iota, not like one tick. Which is part of why I think he should be I, playing. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. like you know, man. You know, things happen. I uh, I'll be ready to play. <laughs> I'm just like okay, all right. Um, Oh, Coleman Brockmeyer even corrected his spelling of Dave's last name. Look at the respect that you command. I that? saw that. I'm Our man Gene Pendikuski says we're winning 19-17. Gene, still in a dark place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they, if they win by two points against the Giants, this team's got I'll some serious what, issues. Yeah, yeah but they'll, I, this total coach speak, they'll take it. They'll take 19-17 get out of there. And this is the last thing Jacob Wynn correctly pointed out. 30 minutes ago that Therese is the expressive one if nobody figured it out yet. So. <laughs> Actually, you're, you're, he's off because I'm the unpredictable one, but based on what they see, I get why they'd say that. Well, so. but also, I think it might be fair to say you're unpredictably expressive. That's probably Like, you're going to express. That's good. Here's the thing, though. Like, the whole point of doing that exercise was to, like, point out, like, 
you can't like have a good team without a good mix of personality because mm-hmm. it, it's all about keeping things equal and like mm-hmm. having some yin and yang to it. So if we were all just kind of the same guy. That wouldn't be fun. Yeah. But the other thing is, if I may, sure. we're, we're talking sports. You know, yeah. this isn't Laura Bauer and Judy Thomas and Max. Well, we're t- sitting around talking about Secret Kansas, which Ooh, that's you know, if you haven't read it, Ooh. please absolutely read this series. The star has the the our, I can't praise our news. Uh, reporters enough for the series that they've uh, put it's together. Real journalism. Oh, real it's journalism. fantastic. Blair, it's you, fantastic. you've been at the Star longer than I have. I, I think it's one of, if not the best piece impactful. of journalism that the, in, the most I've been here. The most, and we, the, we've and, done some great stuff, yep, right? Great absolutely, stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Star won a Pulitzer in, in the early 90s, mm-hmm. uh, which last one the Star won, but I'm not going to jinx it, but this is the type of thing that, yeah. that win the highest awards in our yep. profession. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Great stuff. Congratulations to those who worked on it. Men, let's give us a prediction. Let's go from the side to the side. Chiefs, nineteen to seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go. Let's go 29-14, Chiefs. Thirty of field goals. Thirty-four, fourteen. No, I don't even think these guys are gonna. Thirty-four, <laughs> thirteen, Chiefs. Uh, first, I want Gene to keep uh, like expressing himself each uh, every, every way. That was. That was the highlight of my Cowboys game, actually. <laughs> um, I think 27 to 6. Uh, I, just, I, I think that they're going to go, and I'm, I'm including that purposefully, um, a lot of field goals in there. So maybe I should say 20, what was 14 plus 9? 23 to 6. I'll say 23 to 6. I think they're going to go a lot of field goals. I think they're just going to get up 14 nothing, go really vanilla against a bad team, and just, mm, just kick kind of park, park the bus. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm with that. Okay. We're good. We appreciate you guys watching as always. Remember, go to KansasCity.com for all your Chiefs news. Remember to rate and review our podcast at Sportsbeat KC on iTunes. Our likes and our rate reviews have fallen off. Like People have not done that as much recently. We ask you guys to do that. If you made it to the end of this video, it's because you appreciate us. So we're only asking, since this is free, that you do that one thing for us. That takes literally 15 seconds. So um, Download the Red Zone app and continue to read us. And uh, We appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you later. For uh, Sam, for Blair, for Dave Hewlett, a photographer in Vahe, who's out on the road. I'm Therese. I'll see you guys later.